Born November 27th in Cameroon, West Africa and raised in St. Paul, Minnesota, he is a former member of the men's Paralympic soccer team, a painter and sculptor who launched a career in stand-up comedy that found him winning season 4 of Last Comic Standing. You've seen them on The Tonight Show, America's Got Talent and his own comedy specials, and tonight and tomorrow night, he's playing to sold-out crowds at the Improv. Please welcome, longtime friend of the show, the one and only Josh Blue. Devil. Already uh, up running. What are you uh, doing? Man, hello. Look at you, man. I, I Look, first of all, I can't believe, and thank you, you, you came in this morning. All the shows are sold out. There's no reason to push the shows, and you're still coming hanging. I always appreciate it. I that, wouldn't man. miss it for the world, I love you, you know that. You look good. Well, you look happy. Shucks. You look, you look like you've been smoking the weed, sir. Well, yeah, do you know that. Yeah, yeah. You know that Dude, about me. That's, but how did I miss this photograph? I was just looking at your website, and I don't know why I've never seen the burgundy hat pimp coat one. Oh, yeah. out of the truck. That's fantastic. I have no idea why I haven't seen that picture before. Yeah, man, I always try to have fun, uh, like, headshots. You know, usually you see a comic's headshot, and it looks like a real... Dork. Yeah, no, it looks like a morning show radio headshot. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I try to make them fun. Yeah, man. Did you see the cemetery one? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look through uh, all those. Should find it. It's, all, it's in the photos in the, in the media section. Yeah, like, who gave the, you the gun? Well, I like the, the whole Western thing, but who gave you the gun? It's a replica. <laughs> there you go. I'm it's not, uh, the I'm Shazam. The Flash is really nice. Yeah. I, I actually made a whole coffee table book of all my headshots. Those are great, man. <laughs> the first one I ever did was me in like a cowboy hat in a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still own the chicken? That's what I want to know. No, the chicken's chickens so I lost the chicken in the divorce. Oh, yeah. Well, it happens that way. You why? Uh, <laughs> hey, speaking of that with the house that, that caught fire, man. Uh, oh, yeah. What was the total damage on that? Did you lose anything that you just... Just everything. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it oh. burned so completely that there was nothing. I mean, there wasn't even a roof tile left. Are you I've kidding? never seen anything. The insurance came back. They're like, we still don't know what started it. That's how complete it burned. Oh. It's insane. That's the worst, man. You are. Uh, and. What were you, because you have more than one place. Though. Yeah, yeah, so that was our mountain cabin. Right. Which is, you know, the getaway. But you lose a lot of memories. I mean, obviously you lost a lot of memories, but like for me at the house, uh, I've got a, a, a closet with like four giant boxes of just photographs and pieces of paper. Right. Stuff that wouldn't mean anything to anyone else in the world. Right. But to me, it's, it's literally every section of my life. Lucky for us, it was like none of that stuff up there. See, so, that's the yeah, thing, Yeah, so I'm, you know, the stuff that burned obviously is sad, but it's nothing like, Well, you know. what about the rebuild? That's going to be the party. Yeah, that's the fun part. Did you know, we know a lot of people in this world. Like, we could set up a two-week get-down, like... Let's do it. And put that thing back <laughs> together. Like, that would be super fun to do a rebuild. Like Amish, but with a lot more drugs. Perfect. You know, like, <laughs> <Sounds about. laughs> and zippers sounds, and that kind of a thing. Sounds like uh, sounds like something we do. For yeah, sure. I mean that would be uh, I think that would be great. Anyway, I just it's so weird to think about those things because we just you know when you're living the life you're living right now, Josh, and it's just with the TV shows and back on AGT again yeah. and selling out every show and doing all the specials. I think we always think, oh, nothing bad must ever happen to Josh, <laughs> you know. And then yeah, January third, Happy New Year, right, <laughs> like, right. Ah. Yeah, yeah. New, new year, new place to live. 
And it, the crazy thing is it burned down at night, and I didn't even, nobody told me till like, I was getting on a plane. Uh, I got a text, like, hey, I'm so sorry about your camp. And I was like, wait, what? Like, the neighbor sent that? Yeah. Jesus like, what? Christ. What do you mean? And they're like, oh. You know, I didn't I, tell you? I, I never considered that, that people don't, I guess, I, I don't know why I would think the fire station would have your phone number. Right. And that automatically, if your house catches fire, somebody's supposed to right, tell you. because it's a separate address that I live at, so they didn't, you know. Right. And and the life is so strange for you because you grew up, uh, and people who don't know this, because I want to start at the beginning. Every once in a while, I realize we, we've we known each other long enough that we forget to tell your background, man, in Cameroon. Yeah, born in Cameroon. How do you end up in Cameroon? I mean, I, obviously, you came out of your mom's vagina, but you, uh, but <laughs> yeah. how'd your yeah, parents I end up in Cameroon? nothing to do with that part. Uh, that's out of my jurisdiction. Um, Why were they there? My dad's a teacher. He's teaching English. And they were there for two years, and then... I happened along somewhere in there. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, and they've always been pretty proud of you, though, man. I mean, yeah, in terms well, of, of the comedy thing. Sometimes I think intellectuals are like comedy, huh? Well, they wanted me to be a brain surgeon, but... You know. <laughs> <laughs> I say yes. I, listen, I've seen you throw a tomahawk, son. I'll go. I'm in. Look. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, no, they've always been very supportive, and... Yeah, like you said, uh, you know, you tell your parents you want to be a stand-up. They're like, wait, uh, what? Right. We just sent you to college, bro. What right. Doing? What are you doing, man? Yeah. No, but by the time they saw me, I was actually, you know, had some chops. How did you know you were good, though? I mean, I, I, you I, know, really good. Like, where you go, now, now, this will work. I, th- I know it's going to work. It took me, like, 10 years to sure. like, get into that frame of mind. But, like, I've always just had this gift. Since the get-go, like my first time. I mean, I have a VHS tape of some of my first performances, and they are horrible. Oh, I have, I have cassette tapes. They're, of, of, they're horrendous. They're like, so I've done some stuff like, oh. When but, you were a kid, though, you were doing comedy. Yeah, I started in college. So. But but I know on stage, yeah. but but as a kid... Like, I feel like, you know, after listening to the stories of you and your friends growing up, yeah. that that's the pressure release. It's the survival mode. It's the way I'm going to make this whole thing work. Right. I've always had the gift, the timing, yeah. and the, just the, like, the view that I have is unique, and, and, and I'm unafraid to say it. Like, I'd always, like... Looking back, like in class, I'd I'd wait for the perfect moment and then right. just lob something in there, and everybody laugh, you know. Just and like, it's the best feeling yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. It's and you know, you and I are we may have been acquainted with drugs at some point in our lives. Some point. Yeah, and why that's fun. Certainly, the the an entire world laughing and you seeing real joy and like someone really getting what you're saying right, right. then, understanding what you're really the point is. Right. That's got to be the best high ever. And uh, I mean, you know, I, I've only had a couple of day jobs and, you know, there's a reason for that. Oh. <laughs> you know. But, so what's the last day job? Uh, I actually worked at a day program for adults with severe uh, mental and physical disabilities. Yeah. Well, but you know what? Yeah. Empathy, right? My people. Yeah, that's my good. people. Yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just thought I'd give back to my community. And, but you know, in a strange way, I did as well. Yeah, I actually had a job like that. So when I was a kid, ever tell you this story? I worked at a, you know those sun tea jars. Uh, they yeah, they, they yeah. were glass ones, have a yellow flowers on yeah, them, and yeah, a yellow yeah, top yeah, and a yellow yeah. little spigot on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Those are made here in Kansas City. Okay, Olathe, Kansas. And I was uh, I don't know seventeen, maybe eighteen, and uh, I got a job at the sun tea jar factory. <laughs> now you can have one of two jobs: you can either be the dude who puts his hand in the jar and puts the spigot on, or you put the lid on and put it four to a box. 
I get this job. I just apply. You know, you you just need yeah, money, right? Just, yeah. So I get a job. I don't look around. I come back. The next day I come in, there's buses in the parking lot. <laughs> and and I walk in and I'm like, am I the only person here that doesn't, uh, an, an adult, mentally handicapped adult? Like, it was literally <laughs> the entire place. It employs, and it's very sweet and very nice. The whole factory is mentally handicapped adults except me. Well, I'm, I'm, that's to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> so then they put me on the line, right? And I'm a look, and I mean, at the time, I'm not kidding. You, I had, I still had, I still had five inches to grow. So I'm like five foot six. I'm 135 pounds, and the dude next to me's got Down syndrome, and he is a giant. Like he's a goddamn six foot three giant, and and I'm just like. I'm just staring at this thing going, what am I going to do? So then I, I go in and I start to go to work. And I'm, I'm, uh, 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 my job is to put the spigot on and then send it down the line. And But if you don't get it done or you cross with it, you have to take it off and set it on the floor and then deal with it at a later time. The guy kind of fills me in. But every time I do it, and everybody's kind of bent over like this when they're working. So the second, I, about the third one I set on the floor, this guy, every time I screw it up, he goes, you don't know how to do it. And I'm like, okay, okay. Just, but I don't want to say anything, right? But he keeps saying it over and over again. And I can see he's he's kind of digging in on me. He's like, you don't know how to do it. And he stands up and goes, he don't know how to do it. Like this. And dude, it was like watching groundhogs come up. All of a sudden, people going, he don't know how to do it. You don't know how to do it. He don't know how to do it. And I'd be like, God damn it. I just got to put the goddamn spigot on. And I'm now I'm really starting to panic. And I'm really, this is my first goddamn day, man. And, and literally, this dude, every day I'd go in, would find me and stand next to me. So like whatever he went through in high school, this dude was absolutely working it out on me. He was he was taking he was like normie. You know, like 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 it's on. It was the craziest guy. I worked there for two months every day. You don't know how to do it. You don't know how to do it. We gotta find this guy and bring him on. Oh my I wouldn't a second. I wouldn't a second, man. But it was literally they had people had to watch the bathroom because these guys had really high sex drives. And and so they would be at lunch, like you had to keep an eye on everybody because they're all adults with adult feelings, right? And dude, the whole factory, and this is God is my witness, there's no punchline to this. Uh, and then I feel bad, and the way I ended up losing that job or leaving that job. <laughs> you lost it. <laughs> you don't know how to do it. You lost it. <laughs> it's even, I wish it was that good. He can't be taught. <laughs> God, dude, you have no idea. But the whole time I'm like, if I say anything, this dude's just going to beat me to death. Like, he's going to beat my ass. Like, you, I mean, he was definitely way bigger, tougher, and he was, he'd had enough of people like me already. So then this girl asked me, apparently where they all live, there's a, a assisted kind of a living area. And again, everybody's great, uh, except for the one dude who's working it out on me. And, uh, and the girl, she asked me to go to this, this get-together thing, and I, I just like, and I feel like a dick. So... I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I couldn't bring it myself to say no. So I just never went back to work again. <laughs> Jesus. I know. It's terrible. I, listen, I, I, that's not even a joke. I honestly this day feel bad about I should have been cooler and yeah. gone, right? Right. But I was, you don't I was, know, I was a, kid. a kid. I know, but, but I couldn't say no either. I didn't have the heart, so I just literally never went back to work again. <laughs> that, was, that was the end of you don't know how to do it. Yeah. That's 100% true. So, yeah. And now you moved on to other things that you don't know how to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I get to walk into Bob's office every day and listen to him go, you don't know how to do it. Stick his eye. You don't know how to do it. You've been doing this for 30 years. You still don't know how to do it. <laughs> I feel like that every day, man. You ever, do you ever feel like that? Like, 
you ever feel like 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 one day one day you 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 got it and then someday you'll be like I, I don't even remember how to do this anymore. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel that sometimes. <laughs> lots of things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it's I a weird thing. Like, <laughs> exactly. You don't know. You don't know how to do it. He was got it. I can hear that guy. Like I close my eyes, I can perfectly see him and hear him. Because the first time it happens to you, you're like, what? And then you're like, you look it up, and you're like, and he's not kidding. Never and then mind. when he starts telling the others, though, and everybody's prairie dog, and going, he don't know how to do it. He don't know how to do it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, that's as real as rain. I, that's, that was one of the last real jobs I ever had. Well, and here, ridiculously enough, I went from there, moved away, came home, went to fire school. I was going to be a fireman, and then ended up on an ambulance. Imagine that ridiculous oh, i want to see you in yeah yeah for real i'm That's... here to help <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm fine i'm fine i'm good on that sir oh, and the oh. only place you get a job was this uh, janky area uh down at kck right okay. but huckabee ambulance who would hire you fresh out of school and because they didn't pay much but they and they had the worst area right so yeah. everything from my ambulance getting stolen and shot and caught on fire to crashing one to Delivering a kid, which, by the way, you don't deliver a kid. You catch a kid. It just comes out. There's nothing you can do to stop it, and it's gross as hell. <laughs> Anybody who tells you childbirth is beautiful has really never seen it. Don't forget the thermometer. It ruins the... Oh, I almost lost the thermometer in an old person's ass once. <laughs> oh, no. Did you know? Did no, I did not. <laughs> I didn't know. Whatever you're going to say. I don't... Why, why, is I this, don't. why is this terrible life confession time for Josh and me? <laughs> I didn't well, want you're to the, You're the only one confessing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm here for you. I know, right? I guess I've just been waiting on you, my friend. It's like, it's like squeezing a zit or something. Yeah, yeah. I literally, I literally, uh, was, it was an older person we had to pick up at a nursing home, and uh, you had to take their temperature, and it was too sick to put it in their mouth, so you put it in their butt. Okay. And, uh, and I turned to grab my clipboard, not realizing hmm. that... Your your ass will actually pull stuff in, oh, and uh, so I literally grab to grab my clipboard. And I look over like this, and I'm like, "Oh goddamn, goddamn, goddamn!" And I got it by the last quarter inch you could possibly get, <laughs> and that little because then I, I would have had to tell the ER doc who are never nice and never nice to do the ambulance guys, right. AMTs, paramedics, they're just never cool to you that you just lost. A mercury thermometer inside of an elderly person's anus. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's not good. I might have not said anything. I might have just yeah, said. I, like, I don't know. Who, who was in there when we got them? I think she stole it. I guess that's how they get them back into the nursing home. They keep from. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't want to confess anymore. My yeah, losses. Yeah. What, I don't want to tell else? you anymore. I don't want to know about any other jobs you've had. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're in the right spot, bud. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. A, it's not hard to imagine why you end up in this kind of a weird game. Wait, and how long have you been doing this? This will be the thirtieth year for the morning show. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous, man. That's There's crazy. no accounting for a taste. There's none. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. I didn't want to do it. It was never a thought. Never anything I ever wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was. My whole future was sun tea jars and ambulance. <laughs> but it's it's you know. But the journey, honestly, all kidding aside, making friends with guys like you. How long have you and I known each other now? It's got to be um, over 15 at yeah. least. Well, you know, when I was that kid hiding the George Carlin record in my house, oh, my yeah. dad, so he wouldn't know that I was listening to the Seven Dirty Words and all the things that you could hear in Richard Pryor albums. And, oh, yeah. And even and, and stuff that wasn't that dirty, like Steve Martin or Cheech and Chong. Right. And just, I mean, loving, just nice to memorize it and go to school and be like, I can still do the Seven Dirty Words verbatim. Yeah. Like, I remember listening to uh, Eddie Murphy cassette tape oh, and just raw. like dying. Dude, I didn't understand it, but I knew it was funny. Right? <laughs> you know, 
And he looked well. If you saw that, I remember seeing it in the theater. Oh yeah, Ron. He had the cool red leather suit. You're mm. like, geez. By the way, you should do that. Oh yeah, you should do a special in Teddy Murphy in a red leather suit, man. That would be fantastic. Let's do it. That, but he, yeah, he was a game changer, right? Yeah. I can tell you. I remember where I was the first time I heard. I was working at a record store. Uh, uh, the first time I heard. Um, oh God damn it! Now his head just popped out. Uh, 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 he's dead. Short, fat. Well, uh, uh, Kennison. Kennison. God damn, yeah. sorry. But the first time He's I heard dead. it. Yeah, no, good, I know, it was like, it's kind of a, a long list. Sam Kennison. But, but, but I remember the first time being knocked out in Andrew Dice Clay as well. Oh. Being like, but do you remember those moments? Yeah, little things like that. Really. But you were you in, you weren't in comedy yet. No. You know, it's weird. And unfortunately, obviously, this body of work is dead. But I remember being in high school and watching Bill Cosby himself. Like the teacher was hungover or something and mm-hmm. he, watch this kids and, <laughs> right and i remember watching going yeah i could do that yeah. which is weird not most people don't watch like a master comedian go i could do that and that was just my thought like oh that i couldn't get away with that but i think that's what it takes yeah. i think you have to be that i think somewhere if you're going to do what you do if you're going to devote your life if you're going to really dig in and and you have to it's look there's no there's no luck in this business. <laughs> no. It's like Michael Paul say, like, like you know, I notice the harder I work, the luckier I got. Yeah. You know, it's it's work. It's work. Right. It's hours. It's bombing. It's people hating you. Well, you know? that's the thing, too, is like people would say after one last comic, they're like, oh, you got it made now. I'm like, no, I have to work four times harder to maintain this level. There's no end. The race yeah. never ends. Yeah. The monster has to eat. Right. Always. That's what people have no idea. You'll get to that place and you realize, oh, God damn, the only way is suck. Like, I'm already here. The only alternative is worse than this. Yeah. It's on the way down. And, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of pressure, man. Now, I love it, though. The, uh, and like we talked about on here, like, so you've, you've had some incredible, like, material. Like, your brain, however it works, however your views work, like, however the whole thing decided the world put you together. <laughs> like, it's different, man. You just see things differently, and yeah. that's what makes you brilliant. I mean, it, it just is. All the greats were like that. Carlin was like that. Kinnison was like that. Pryor's like that. Mooney was like that. Certain guys, it just, they saw the world in a slightly different view. Yeah. But also able to make it palatable for everyone else to right. get it. That's the that's the key. Is you can see things differently, but unless you can explain <laughs> well, that I'm aware. to the dumbasses, <laughs> yeah. <then laughs> yeah, you're not gonna get it. And sometimes you gotta tone it down to so the normal people aren't like Jesus Christ. You should be in a hospital. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. if you can see what's inside my head half the right, time, the real right, movie playing. Yeah. Goddamn. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. You. Uh, what about a book? I have a. Uh, it's it's on the way. It's a long process for me because I don't physically type or write, so I have to like <laughs> yeah, yeah, dictate course. to someone. See, that would be the best. I, to me, I would think that's the best way to do it. It's very slow. And then I've been writing it for over 10 years, and I've gone through four different people typing for me. So it's like you can kind of hear their voice come in to right. each time. Sure. So it's like then you have to go back through and kind of comb it out. But I'm in the... Home stretch. So it's at the editor, and yeah. So, do you have a company? Uh, yeah. Because those guys normally they'll get a ghostwriter. Yeah. You know, and I've always seen a ghostwriter is a guy who just listens to you tell stories, and then then they just know the best way to to, right. to put them in a sequence. Right. You know, it's all your voice, it's all your stories, it's all your book. It's but it's the story of Josh. You know. Yeah. And I, it was weird because I was trying to. It only goes from my birth. The last comic standing, I just couldn't catch up to my real life. You know, like, so yeah. There's another book coming after. This. Look, you know me. 
uh, and I've said this, and uh, and your by the way, your girlfriend's here with us. You know his story from childhood, right? Have you met you met the friends? I have. Okay, so it's the movie. The movie's right there. That childhood, that is everything from Sandlot to the Bad News Bears. I mean, across the board. Palsy boys. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but I still stay in touch with those dudes on Instagram. Like, uh, they, uh, oh, yeah, Nick says to say hello. He's a good dude, man. Uh, yeah. they, uh, but that, that story of, of how they treated kids in, that, in the 80s. Yeah. You know, you're blind, you're mentally handicapped, you have cerebral palsy, you're missing a foot. Like, it yeah. didn't matter what was they happening to you. put us all in a pile. Yeah, they just, that's mm-hmm. that pile. Yeah. And I think everybody, as terrible as we would see that today, I don't know that that didn't benefit, to some degree, people in your ability to cope with the way the world's going to treat mm. you in this life. We had to mature quicker, I feel like, because we yeah. had to come to terms with what this was and who we were. and Right. In the society, that's it. Yeah, and and I and again, I don't think it's the healthiest thing. But man, there is something to be said for that fire forges a, a, a stronger steel. It also gave us like this level of we can get away with whatever we want, then. right? Because they gave us tricycles to ride in school <laughs> to get to get class to class, that's and, so we, and we would just zoom around and. I Why mean, not? Nick got like seven concussions taking the corners too fast, you know, Good because Lord. the trike's not the most stable thing no. for a guy with bad balance. So. <laughs> and we would just zoom. We'd get speeding tickets like the hall monitor be like, spot out. That's so great. We're like kicking each other's trikes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well, not to mention the fact that you, you know. Yeah, I guess you're forced to look at everybody's situation at that point instead of being stuck in with only people who have your situation, which, right. you know, and I, I, again, I'm such an outside look at this. This is just all the surface stuff that I think. You don't know how to do it. That's right. That's right. That's right. But you go, but you go, okay, well, this is my problem. That's his problem. Everybody's got a problem. I guess we all have problems. Right. Yeah. As opposed to woe is me. I, the world has kicked me in the dick and now I have to give up. But then the crazy thing is then in fourth grade, they mainstreamed us and put us with all the other kids. And I'm like, these kids are just as messed up as any other else right. in special ed, you know? Right. You're like, wait, we're just physically disabled. These people have <laughs> yeah, real yeah, problems. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and their parents are stupid, which made them stupid. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You uh, was you, you remember the first bullies? Hmm. Yeah, there were some kids in like elementary school that would taunt me or tease me, but I had so many other friends that I'd just tell someone. I remember one kid was like chasing me around the playground and I had this buddy and I just remember he did the perfect roundhouse sweep to him like as I ran nice. by him he just like spun around and just chopped his legs out from under him and that kid never messed with me again <laughs> well that story's only better if it just permanently handicapped him yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and this is actually in my book the first bully I remember uh, like me confronting was in junior high I was like super nervous and this kid, I was on the bus stop, and I see this palsy kid coming down the street. And I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one. Right. And he got right to me, and he shook it off. And he didn't even have palsy. Dick. He was just making fun of Dick. me. And then after that, for Dick. like five months, he would just mock the hell out of me. And just like, uh, I mean, like to outsiders, people probably thought we were friends because he'd sit next to me and just torment me. Right. And like he found my startle reflex. Like people with palsy, like 
if you scare us, we can't help but like flail. Got it. And he would just relentless like slam books down behind me. Do you, and, and do you then, know? You I mean, obviously you know his name. I don't. You don't I, remember his name? If I guess if you cared, you could dig in and find uh, it. But, yeah. But I wonder what he'd say today. So, but here's what happened. After about four months of that, one day he scared me, and instead of flailing, I just punched him in the mouth. And he never looked at me again. <laughs> I hit that kid so hard. He was like, he did not expect that. He thought I was just going to jump. I mean, I bloodied his teeth, man. Was that the beginning of, of the fight back? Of, yeah, like, yeah. of like, now I understand yeah, how this yeah, is going to yeah. work. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. That was the moment I was like, oh, you can stop this if you, right. hit, him, if you hit him right. <laughs> That's a fact, man. The one thing, and it's until you do it, You'll never know. You People will try to tell you bullies are pussies. They've always been pussies, and they'll always be pussies. Right. And the, but you, it's hard to get that that that, right. that first moment up. But once you do it, then you're like, oh, well, I see how this works. Right. And they, they don't, they, they're picking on you because they think you're not going to do that. Right. And then when you do, and then they're like, oh, I just got beat up by the disabled. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'll really, do it every day, it's kid. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> God damn, I wish you could have got on the bus one stop later so that you could go and sit next to him the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I just become verbally really aggressive. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, that that's even better than any kind of physical stuff. If you can right. just verbally bitch slap someone, it's really fun. Well, that's the underestimator, right? Like... Dude, people you have CP. It just means you, your limbs are a bit jangly, you know. You, you know, I mean, it's you just you, it, it's, but but it's not that it has nothing to do with your mind, with your brain, with your how you well, who you are. Like my girlfriend it's just might a physical. differently. <laughs> oh, trust me, if he had a perfect walk, he'd still be this weird. It's just the way it, it's the way we're built. It's uh, but it does, man. It's a. Uh, do you remember? Have you ever had a, a comedian try that business with you? Try to tee off on you? Uh, you know, when I first started, I had... Because uh, they can uh, be awful. I've Meetings had can be awful. quite a few people. Before I was known, people would just brush me off. It's like, oh, this guy's going to suck. Sure. And then I'd bury them. And right. Like, and then they'd be like, so nice to meet you. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I remember one of the first times I did stand-up was in college. And it was the first club I ever played. And I got two minutes at a real club. All my friends came to watch, and the host was a a cop comic, which is like a contradictory of terms. Right. And all his jokes were like, I pulled the guy over and then hit him in the head with my billy club. I'm like, that's not funny at all. Like, and like, I met the guy for like one second before the show, and he's like, okay, what's your intro, you know? And then he does his thing, and then he's like, okay. Our first comedian oh, tonight no. is a very oh, no. special friend of mine. Oh, boy. And I went up and I go, I don't know that MFR. <laughs> that was my first thing. And it destroyed, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know this dude. Like, <laughs> What's more fun than popping the bubble, right? Yeah. Man. yeah. yeah. And, and actually, I go back to the Montreal moment we shared. We were talking oh, yeah. about that. And that, it just, I think about that a lot because you just, it, for those of you who don't know, the Montreal 
comedy festival is at a huge it's, it's, it's the biggest one yeah. in the world it's it's to get invited to be a part of it you got to be great you just yeah. that's it there's no ifs ands or buts you can't buy your way on you have to yeah. be a great or an up and comer that's yeah yeah the yeah thing. but yeah. That, but that's what i mean a great though right and you really got to have it right and uh i'll let you finish your story so you're getting ready to go out which is a well, big moment of the big life. thing for me is they never have me up like they had everybody else do it and then for years they never and then they finally got me there and i was like I talked to my manager before, and I was like, why did this take so long for me to get here? And they're like, well, they just said we didn't know where he'd fit in to the comedy festival. And I'm like, I'm a great comedian. Like, that's the- yeah, I know. <laughs> so that made my blood boil. I was like, I'll show you. I'll show you why I'm, why I'm here. Right. Like this. And I did my 10-minute set. I got a full standing ovation in 10 minutes. And I came off stage in a big wig from the festival. Old guy comes up. And pats me on the head. He goes, "You're so courageous." <laughs> and I, I mean, I've never It'll seen. It'll make your head go. I've never seen like you're red s- before. I right, was right. furious. Yeah, yeah. You're so inspiring. I almost pushed this guy down. Like, <laughs> Would have been fantastic. I was like, oh, uh-huh. "Is this courageous?" <laughs> <laughs> Kill you. <laughs> And that's been my belief for a long time that we'd be better off as a society if we would just choose that. Like when you're a kid and you'd push each other down, right. that was your basic go to. Like, right. I'm sick of you. I just push each other down. <laughs> right. Just like I'm done. As adults, just boof. All right. Now we're cool, right? Well, and then that happened probably like five years ago. I mean, that's uh, not that Was long it really? Ago. That's yeah. Life, actually, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. So, and then what that did in my mind, though, it made me go, okay, this industry is never going to see me the way that. They should. They're all just gonna see me as the palsy comic, for whatever reason. Yeah, that's, listen, it's part of your it's part of your story. But that's, that's all. the thing is that they always like, oh, you talk too much about palsy. I'm like, well, you don't think the woman comic talks about being a woman or the black comic right, talks right, about? Right, right. Why is my thing not okay to talk about? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, but that was a really clarifying moment for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna do this my way. Yeah, you have to. Right. That's it. You, if you don't, I mean, yeah. I can tell you had I listened to anyone. Other than, I mean, in this business, like if you take advice from a consultant or a program director, I'm talking about you, Bob, and uh, mm-hmm. about how to do it, you'll get your ass kicked because right. they're all just, if they knew how to do it, they'd be doing it. Yeah, they don't know. We're just trying to figure it out. <laughs> right. as you go. The only thing that people matter is your audience, this audience, any audience, the people who oh, are yeah. hearing what you say and what you do. That's all that matters yeah. to you. The I people think. who sold out your shows this weekend, I assure you, it's not the palsy group. Right, you no. know, it's just humans. It's people that like to laugh. That's it. That's it, man. It's awesome. It's a well. You're very courageous. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you don't know how to do it. <laughs> we should make T-shirts. <laughs> Born November 27th in Cameroon, West Africa, and raised in Saint Paul, Minnesota, he is a former member of the men's Paralympic soccer team, a painter and sculptor who launched a career in stand-up comedy that found him winning season 4 of Last Comic Standing. You've seen him on The Tonight Show, America's Got Talent and his own comedy specials, and tonight and tomorrow night, he's playing to sold-out crowds at the Improv. Please welcome, longtime friend of the show, the one and only Josh Blue. Devilishly handsome and very, very sold out. Yeah. So, uh, so many things we're talking about here. By the way, he's at the Improv. If you can stand outside the door, you can, you can scream, you can cry, you can beg. Is there, there are no tickets? Are there nothing? Oh, man, how's it feel? Just selling out everywhere, man. It's crazy, man. You're a sellout. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to say that. That's it. You ever get you ever get that business from you sellouts? You just go every night, yeah. every night, my yeah. friend, every oh, night. Yeah. You, uh, hey, listen. Speaking of that and, and craziness, who would have ever thought in a lifetime, as you're growing up, not only would you become this legend of a comedian, like truly, like national level television, travel the world, not only that, but have your own weed sickle. Yeah, I, like, this, that's uh, even more absurd. Well, I never thought weed would be legal, let no. alone my name on the packaging. Right? You know, I always feel like the Austin Powers. It's not my bag, baby. <laughs> no, your name is on the weed here. So good. <laughs> and the story, I'm sure you heard the story. His, his you know, girlfriend Mercy's with us. And uh, uh, it, the last time they were here, they all tried some. All the friends, they, yeah. none of them made it to the show. Yeah. They were so high, they, they thought I, they were going to die. I told them, I was like, listen, guys, we just acquired a lot of weed, and like, I want you to have some fun, but remember just small amounts. Yeah. I didn't hear from them. I thought they died in a car accident or something. <laughs> and they said, <laughs> it was like they were in their hotel room, like puddles. Yeah. They couldn't move off the couch. No. It was they missed like, the show, everything, the first night. It was two shows. <laughs> Dude. And then they all ended up going to, uh, was it, they went with Artie, my buddy owns a 403 out to the Chiefs game, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. everybody had a good time that weekend. I did get a cryptic message from them that night, like, not good. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I got. Like, okay, they're alive. Dude, because that's the thing, right? Like, I, I'm so glad people are getting into weed, and, and it's not my thing. Uh, and I, I'm a big fan of drugs, but it's just weed just doesn't sit well. And, uh, so, but uh, everybody I know, I think it's it's a good healthy thing. It's much healthier than alcohol, no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, but you got to be careful if you're not experienced with this stuff. Like you have to go easy. This is high grade. Like it's for real. Especially edibles, man. Right. Those are just a gamble sometimes. They, they climb right up on you. That's you, what's nice about those suckers that are. Uh, it's mm -hmm. you know. 10 milligrams, so you know what you're getting yeah. into. And, you, and if you don't crunch it up, you can go slow with it. You can kind of feel it coming on, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't eat the one from that your friend gave you. You know, right. that's the one that... One time my buddy in Colorado gave me this thing. It was the size of a Tootsie Roll. I ate half of it. Apparently, I didn't listen to his instruction. It was 300 milligrams. Oh. And I ate half of it, thankfully. Jeez. And Mercy can attest, I couldn't even swallow water. Oh. She, I would like go to drink it and just fall out of my face. <laughs> and and just, you're an experienced guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know it's a drug, but you're like, I can't get past it. I had to run around the block nine times. I, was, I could not sit still. I was just like jittery. Like, you imagine, you imagine a cop comes up. You're completely gorked on 150 oh, yeah. milligrams of oh, THC. Yeah. And you're running. Which yeah. is a sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? like, yeah. like, My like, eyes weren't just red; they were like bleeding. Yeah, you know? like, oh. and, I, and no doubt your hair is sticking straight out. Like, like you've got, you've got uh, your hair has what we I like to call personality. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, if you if you get out there and you get really over the top, like I've seen you get wound up, and it, it just amuses me to no end. Like every part of you, every part of you is excited. Real floppy. Yes. You well, dude. The day we all went out to uh, the Renaissance Fair. Oh God. It was Lejean from Seven Dust. So the singer for Seven Dust, who, who likes to smoke, and he couldn't be a better human being. Like, he's one of the kindest, best people you've ever met in your life. And, and LJ's there, you're there, I'm there. But there's like six or eight of us. 
And these guys are so high, but we're rolling through a Ren Fest, and everybody's like, huzzah, huzzah. <laughs> and, it, you know, heavy girls in their crazy bustiers on pushing their backs over to their fronts. They have these crazy boobs. Remember that troll guy? Yes. Like, what is that about? Oh. That wasn't an act. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that was no. a real thing, man. Maniacs. He found Maniacs. his calling. <laughs> Dude. And then, and then watching you pelt the guy with the tomatoes. That was fun. There was an insult guy, and he would insult. Nobody could, nobody could hit him. Nobody. Till Josh rolls up and just just tanks this bastard. Oh yeah, I hit him pretty good. Oh dude! And then we walk over, and I mean everybody's high, hammered, and walk over, and then they start throwing tomahawks, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! That's when I realized you're you're a goddamn assassin, is what you are. <laughs> yeah, you know, dude. You, I mean, you, the listen. palsy assassin. <laughs> have, dude, I forget about the palsy part. Like your ability is is solid. Like your athletic ability, it's no joke. I'm getting old, but I can still hit a. Guy in the face with a tomato. <laughs> Can you throw knives still? Oh yeah. Yeah. What would you say your percentage of, of really of hammering it is? Uh, I'm better with axes for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm a little out of practice. But I probably eighty percent. God, I can't get one. I, I bought throwing knives, and it would go out to the trees or a big log out at the land. Yeah. Just over and over again. I keep cling, yeah, cling, 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 cling. Come back at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like stuck I, in your shin. If I stand a foot away, I can almost get it to go. You know what I mean? Like it just has to leave my hand and go right in. All but right. I can't get the rotation right. I'll show you tomorrow, man. Well, All right, I'll, I'll give you a lesson, dude. Can you imagine this? Nothing could go wrong there. <laughs> no, we should, me and you and whatever and sharp oh, things. Speaking of that, uh, we have a special friend online for you. Uh oh, I know he's giving me the look. It's, it's uh, uh, hello, special friend, special mystery guest. We're on the air. Hey, Josh. It's Carl from Vulcan Flamethrowers. How are oh, you? Hey, what's up? Carl from Vulcan hey, Flamethrowers. He yeah. makes flamethrowers. Yeah. There's nothing more appropriate than following up a story about a house burning down than someone from a flamethrower company calling you. Yay! <laughs> the insurance company's going to love this. Just so everybody knows, uh, Vulcan Flamethrowers and any of its subsidiaries is not responsible for any cabins burning down in Colorado. Yes, that's right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, so what is the purpose of this call today, Mr. Carl? Hey, Josh, we uh, we want to send you a flamethrower. I need you to give I need you to give uh, Jake your information and your schedule when someone will be there to sign for it. Oh wow, that is awesome! Yeah, my so, girlfriend looks terrified. Oh, they're amazing! Yeah, she's crying. We get that a lot. <laughs> Dude, oh, it's amazing. You're going to love it. it it's, they're incredible. They're made right here in Kansas City. They're all self-contained. You put the fuel in. It's got a battery pack. Uh, it's literally, they're, they're just, they're almost bulletproof. Well, I, I mean, if not bulletproof. They're, they're incredible, man. And, uh, and have you, yeah. you've seen the video of Josh shooting flamethrowers? That is yeah. like my make-a-wish right there, man. Oh, dude. Now you have one. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. This is awesome. I'm so awesome. excited. No, you're welcome. We've been trying to get together for a while, but we, uh, we're trying. <laughs> you're, you travel a lot. Yeah. Dude, and by Ooh. the way, anybody can go to VulcanFlamethrowers.com and see what we're talking about. Dude, they're incredible. They're, they're, they're unbelievable. Dude, the extra pack that you can get, the extra batteries, the all the different accessories, the, the cases that can come in, the paint jobs that you can get on them. And then, and you guys are working on stuff all the time. What do you, yeah, we're 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 always trying to improve what we've got and we're always always working on new stuff. There's always new stuff coming down the, the pipe. We were gonna try to send one with uh Jake last night. <laughs> So you'd have it in the studio, and then we found out you have to fly out. So we're like, eh, planes, yeah, planes, yeah, yeah. throwers, probably not would be 
too easy to get through TSA. No, no, no especially no. if I was wearing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and even the way they look, like they don't look okay. They, yeah, they yeah. look. I mean, they clearly look like a weapon. When you see them, like it's it is it is without a doubt, it's it's something for doing something. I mean, it's and nobody's going to mistake it for a weed whacker. Although it's quality for burning weeds in a driveway. I've done yeah. that as well. <laughs> You uh, and have you, have you guys put together? Because this popped into my head the other day. We were talking about him with my friend Pinball Jeff, uh, a double-barreled uh, uh, flamethrower. And is it worthwhile to even consider? Uh, so, not a double barrel, but a double pump inside of one larger barrel. So, would it be a bigger flame or a longer shot? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, so basically. Worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. If your girlfriend's not terrified now, she should be really scared when she hears that. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, it makes a loftier, puffier flame, kind of like a pressurized flamethrower, and you get a little bit more distance out of it than the standard one. Um, but the trade-off of it is it's, it weighs a little bit more because you're picking up weight from the pump and some of the other parts and pieces that are in it. Right. So, well, you know, and there's a little bit more added expense. Sure. Which we're we're, we're trying it. to work on a less expensive one. See, I think it's seven hundred bucks. It's an incredibly good deal. Yeah. yeah, I do. I mean, I mean, obviously, you want to take the price down, so you can sell it even more. But but I, for, yeah. for what you're receiving, what's out there, like and what we're really talking about, that that price is amazing. It's a great way to light yeah. your joints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you, our, our, the heaviness. Don't worry about that. You remember Predator when he had the cool belt, like the the extra gun strap around his neck, and that's how he would shoot the fifty or whatever. Heck yeah. That's what you need. That's all you get. You just need to make yourself a cool flame retardant, uh, uh, like a belt that goes around your, you know, like a, like a strap for the for the whole thing. So you can just hold it at waist level and let it rip. <laughs> uh, I uh, I saw some, uh, we we got contacted yesterday by someone that wanted to, uh, to get a retrofit on theirs, and they sent us a picture. <laughs> oh, my God. It must have been one of the original ones from, like, 2015. It uh, it about made me cringe. We've come come a long way since back then. Dude. But we're still uh, we're still working on some stuff. Still working on some improvements. Yeah, and uh, and I'm still waiting. I, I really do want to do a giant flame projector. I know it's it's not something you're going to end up for sale, but I do want to get together with you because you're the only one I really trust to do that with. Uh, I mean, I'll do it on my own, but I feel like it'll end badly for me. You know. <laughs> yeah, or both of us, or we might be witnesses to each other's death. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we definitely need to invest in those flame-proof suits, like like those big silver ones they have for when the airplane crash. I have one. Good for you. I almost bought one years ago in the West Bottoms, but I, I luckily I looked at the tag and it was old enough it had asbestos in it. Oh, nice. <laughs> I uh, I had I had one and uh, I used to do a burn test where we would we would take the flamethrower and fill it full of gas and then instead of spraying it out we would just set we'd let it overflow and then we set the whole thing on fire and I would hold it God. and uh, after a few times I just. I got tired of doing it because it just makes everything dirty and covered in soot. And, you know, we right. mess up the wiring and the flamethrower, and then we have to take it all apart and redo it. But Well, but, I mean, that's uh, the key. you got to do the testing, right? Like, that's, it's, you have to figure out how it's going to work, what's going to happen, and how someone could screw around with a flamethrower and, and get stupid. So you have to make them idiot-resistant. Um. Yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> I really wish you guys could see my girlfriend's face, man. She is... <laughs> 
She's not amused. It is an amazing way to start a campfire. I'm telling you, like, it is absolutely amazing, man. I know. It's a, well, we hope you have fun with it, Josh. Thank you so much, man. This Make-A-Wish is kicking ass. <laughs> Carl from Vulcan Flamethrowers. Vulcanflamethrowers.com. Ah, you're, you're a champ, brother. All right, hold on. Put you on with Jake. But yeah, we wanted to, Carl and I in the show wanted to make sure that we did get you that. We've been so talking awesome. about it forever. You guys are the best, dude. I'm just, I'm happy for you. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mercy, <laughs> but I will tell you. You watch, you'll fire it, and you'll be like, oh, because the thing is, you get that that grin and that weird laugh where you go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I can tell you, it's a hi, everybody. It's me, Fire Marshal Blue, and I'm here to start your fire. <laughs> There's the laugh. That's the laugh. That's oh, so good. Pure joy. It is. Pure joy. You shouldn't let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> My deck caught fire. The helmet fell off. I I was like, oh goddamn, here we go. That was a good day. That's better than an exploding golf ball. I know that. Fact. Was. Fact, man. It's uh, well, awesome, awesome. Let me. Uh, what time is it? Eight forty-five. Dude, you got to be tired. You know. Yeah. Whatever you go take a show last night, two tonight, dispensary tours. Yeah, yo, oh yeah, you gotta be listen. Base of me, let me hit this again, you guys in Smithville. So all you guys out near Smithville, twelve fifteen today. It's over on one sixty nine base of me in Smithville, then Fresh Karma, twelve forty five in Parkville. So that'll be almost one o'clock. And uh and then base of me in on Berry Road uh at two o'clock. So Man, they're gonna, they're running you yeah. ragged, my friend. It's gonna be cool though. You know how Man, cool how is it to promote the suckers and you yeah. Know, there'll be some giveaways and stuff. So uh, have they uh, have they started making shirts with your with your sucker and your face on it and everything? Oh, look at this. Is that it? That's my, oh, that's yours. That's, that's just one my sister made, but I have some. Yep, dude, I've got my broccoli. Should you, your sister must have made my broccoli shirt too? Yep, because those those are killer. Yep. Did your sister do all your merch? She does all my t-shirts. That's nice. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think I've ever asked you. You're old. Well, hell, we're on a break, and you're talking about your your brother, your older brother was. Oh, I'm talking about my love for Hunter S. Thompson, a Gonzo writer for Rolling yeah. Stone, and an author, and of course Ken Kesey, who was just the voice of a generation as far as psychedelics and hallucinogens right. go and hippies. Your brother ended up on a bus with him at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Your older brother, clearly. Yeah, yeah. What a crazy story! It's in your DNA. Yeah, your parents did this to you something guys. Something wrong with us. Yeah, sure. right. The blues, the Dude, blues, baby. That's. That's fantastic, man. All right, listen, uh, I love you, and uh, it just I'm just so glad you came in. I know it was a late night last night, and you got to get up and drive all the way in, and then you got a long day today. You're the best, man. I always love coming here. I wouldn't miss it. Uh, dude, and very nice to meet you, Mercy. And uh, well, I'll see you guys later today, and I'll see you tomorrow as well. So right. hang on, you guys. Don't forget, those shows are already sold out, but you can go meet Josh Blue, Base and Me, Smithville, 1215, Fresh Karma, 1245 in Parkville, Base and Me on Berry Road at 2 o'clock, and check out the suckers. Hold on.